Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm -hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached. When I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom, I went, oh. and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 509,262. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what it feels like sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah, pretty much. I've- We'll be so, old and gray when we hit that one. Well, I'm already old and gray, so That's I don't true. know. I don't know when we'll hit that one, but we actually truly hit 500 last week, and I told you I was going to blow a party horn when we hit 500, but I didn't blow the party horn because I didn't even know we hit 500. That's oh, yeah, how well I've right. been keeping We're, up with it. This so, is. This, what what how are we counting this by the way? What what kind of magic have we done here? We're this is what going to be episode five oh two and this is but we're four, actually calling it four seventy. This is four seventy, <laughs> but it'll really be five oh one. Okay, and gotcha. where we got mixed up is back in the day when I started this thing, I would split the shows, the interviews into and in, usually into half. Some of them I split into into 
three parts and they would both be episode one or, you know, episode 10 or, you know, whatever it was. So let's say I interviewed Cameron Weddington as the guest and Cameron and I did an hour long interview. I would split it into two 30 minute episodes and they would both be episode number 18. Okay. So at one point down the line, I quit splitting up those interviews unless we end up with a two hour long interview like we do with a few guests now. And I just, even those hour long interviews, they would all be episode, you know, that would be episode 19. The next one would be 20. So that's how we ended up with numbered episode at 470 this week, but real live episode number 501. Yeah. So I've got to say, I, I promised a party horn. So <laughs> hang on, let me let me dig in my box of instruments here. I'm pretty sure you hit a party horn. Was it episode 100 when I was an intern for you and I interviewed you? I'm not sure which episode that was. That might have been 100. I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, so I've been around on this thing myself for a long time at this point. That's your party horn? Ooh, I can adjust <laughs> this thing. Hang on. That's not the call. That's the caller. <laughs> so don't don't judge the call by its cover. My, my, I have had, I think, literally nothing to drink all day. Hey, so, it sounds just like a party horn, so that's great. That's no... Okay. At least you aren't trying to blow a turkey call, so that's good. Yes, this is a party <laughs> horn, and... <laughs> This is made by Party Horn Inc. Yeah. So if you guys are in the market for a party horn, then I would certainly entertain that. So there you go. Tell us who who you are the guy of, because I have probably one of my best guy who's of all time. Oh, man. I'm the guy who I think three weeks ago mentally just completely gave up on deer hunting. (laughs) That's me about... Six years ago. (laughs) But I am the guy who found himself standing on the bank of the river, butt naked, soaking wet, blowing a duck call and holding his 12 gauge. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. (laughs) I don't think I want to know the story. (laughs) You said it was the best one ever. So I guess I'm going to ask you, hey, Cameron. How did that happen? So I'm going to paint a picture for you that summarizes duck season 23-24. So I want you in your mind's eye to look and see a man standing on the bank of the river when it's 30 degrees after the water just thawed out. So there's no telling what temperature the water is. This man is standing there completely naked from head to toe wearing nothing but a hat. He has a pile of dry, warm, comfortable clothes and waders laying next to him. But rather than retreat to the warmth and comfort that is there, this man sees three mallards over the decoys, and instead of reaching for socks, boxers, or any type of clothing, he reaches for his gun and calls. That's the dedication. That man was me. So, full story. But but just to, there you go. That's duck season 23-24. And then the ducks left because they obviously probably saw a little bit of my white skin on the edge of the bank. But 
There it is. Disheveled, broken man, killing no ducks, but still trying against all odds. There you did, go. Did they fly off laughing? They probably should have, because, you know, as Jerry Seinfeld showed in one episode, there was definitely shrinkage <laughs> after getting in that water. <laughs> so, oh, man. the story isn't that funny, actually. It is now, but we were hunting a place that had pretty bad current and very deep water and stupidly did not have a boat. We went in by vehicle because that's how we could get there. And we should have brought a kayaker of some, you know, something. But my dog, who I love, got tangled in the current, carried him into these vines when he was trying to retrieve a duck. Yes, we did actually kill one. And he got so tangled up in there that he was he couldn't get out and it was mm. slowly twisting around him and like he was going down you know yeah and so i'm standing there there was only one option and that option was i either consider and watch my dog drown or i'm about to about to swim this thing so yeah. i mean and i knew if i waited to till his head went under then it would be too late i would be able to get there in time so I could tell he wasn't getting off of it. And so I just took off the waders, took off every stitch of clothing I had, dove in and swam the thing. It was freezing. Mm, a bit. But I made it. You know, it kind of, it's that cold water that just takes your breath. And uh, it was kind of hard to breathe swimming across there. But it ended up freeing him. He's fine. And me and him swam back across the river. And when I reached dry ground, you know, I immediately went to my clothes to start putting them back on. And of course, three mallards start bombing in on the decoys. Hmm. And I see, you know, my clothing pile, warmth, comfort, back to normal. Just, you know, everything that is, is normal life is sitting there. But instead, I reach for the lanyard of duck calls in my 12 gauge leaning against the tree and just get out and start calling. And had I killed a duck while completely nude on the side of the river, I would have had to mount him. That would have been a memorable duck, no doubt. <laughs> but just like the 23-24 duck season has gone so far, they didn't come in. We didn't kill squat. And I got dressed back up and hunted for a couple more hours. And we did shoot a few ducks. So I got to, I got to kill a few for my noble efforts of braving the cold. But All right. there you go. So that that's my story for the week. It was it was scary, uh, you know, in the sense that my dog was obviously. I mean, he was he was in trouble, and had I not been able to get to him, he would not have made it. But luckily, I was able to make it. You know, the current wasn't so bad that like I would, you know, it wasn't the Mississippi River or something where you you can't get in the water. And so I'm just overall, I'm just grateful it happened this week and not, you know two weeks ago when we were totally frozen up. And if that had been ice, then, you know, it would have just been over. Yeah. So anyway, it was, it was a, a quick reminder of what can go wrong duck hunting. And especially this season, what can go wrong will go wrong. So it was a great capstone to the year. You know, I was reflecting on it and I was like, you know what, how else could I have expected this duck season to end? You know, other than me naked, sopping wet on the side of the bank, with no ducks. I mean, did I really expect it to end differently? You know, I don't know. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so I'm going to have to type that story down and use that for 
for my future generations to uh, to give them an example of how this season went because that's that's pretty much how it went. So when when this episode airs, it will be Thursday, and duck season will be officially over. And I'm not horribly sad that it's over because having the option to go duck hunting removed from my life will make it a little bit more simple. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just too dang stubborn and they're they're migratory birds. So it's like, if I don't go tomorrow, I know everyone's going to call me and be like, man, they finally got here. We were shooting everywhere. And you know, it's just like that risk of that could happen every day is, is truly there. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Thought y'all'd like that story. I like it. I think yeah. it's I think it's great. But everybody's good. We we killed a few ducks, so that was worth it. And the hound is fine. He was worn out because he was treading water for quite some time while I was getting to him, but he's he's recovered nicely and fetched a few more this morning for us. Fantastic. Yes, sir. So that's good stuff. I'm assuming you just have shifted mindsets already to turkeys. You care less about the woods carp at this point. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that I've, over the past several years, I've not been extremely fired up about anyway, but it's just gone. Yeah. I mean, to the point to where I'm perfectly happy if I don't step back into the woods to go after deer. And my predator hunting season has been abysmal. So, right. Yeah. Yes, I have yet to even call in a predator. Yeah. My so. brother and I called up a big old bobcat. I think I talked about last week, but yeah. I've still yet to ever call up a coyote. I don't know what the strategy is there, but I don't think I know it. I'm starting to figure out that I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'll I'll be the first to admit there's a lot to predator calling that I don't know. Yeah. And I, I think the coyotes are especially difficult to daytime call. Yeah, I do want to try that at night, so I need to buy the license in Alabama to night hunt coyotes and mm-hmm. just kind of waiting on the, the right night to do that. You know, I want a full moon, and I don't want to sit out there when it's 15 degrees on a full moon, but mm-hmm. it will be it'll be pretty interesting to see what happens, and it, that might just happen one night during turkey season when I'm hunting here at home, not on the yeah. road. Yeah, that would be fun. That I feel like that would be your best chance of getting the, the coyotes for sure. Is if you went out at night, I feel like they're way more active. Yeah, but good deal, man. So we have got this week. We are doing our Unicoi recap show. Yeah, which is always a fun time and is a good signal that turkey season's near. You, me. And our two lucky winners will be heading out in, when this airs, 19 days. Ooh. How does that sound? That, that'll, that'll make you go, Ooh. That gives me the warm and fuzzies right there. Does that not sound good? That, that sounds amazing. Freaking awesome. So, looking forward to that. But why don't we hop in here? So, I'm guessing going to be a little bit of a hodgepodge. you got some calls you're going to play for us. you got some interviews maybe from the show that you might want to play. Tell us about Unicoi. Yeah, man. So I'll just start it out like this. I've got about 30 seconds of audio I'm going to play for you guys, and it is 
oh, let's just call it the kickoff of Unicoi. Now, there was no official kickoff of Unicoi because when I walked in the doors at 8.58, the show starts officially at 9 a.m. I could hardly even get in the place. It was jam-packed. Wow, that's awesome. It is awesome. And I am very excited to say for the call makers who were there, there were a lot of wallets in hand as I walked in the door. People were already forking out some cash to buy some calls. Sweet. Yeah. So I'm just going to just look. You guys are going to hear this and it's going to sound like a bunch of nothing. Well, actually, it's going to sound like a bunch of chaos (laughs) because that's what it is. But when I walked in there and I heard that, it was just kind of like just breathe it in, just take it all in. The sounds, the smell, the look, the sights. It was just, this is Unicoi. And so it was loud. Here's a quick 30-second clip. Don't turn the, the episode off and think the whole show is going to be like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's 30 seconds. Just hang in there. But this if you've never been to Unicoi, this is what it's all about. And the crazy thing is, after about 10 minutes of listening to this, what you're going to hear for 30 seconds after about 10 minutes of it, you're completely immune. It's just like it's your safe place. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll be right back. Man, I mean, from a lot of a lot of that going on in the background and everyone trying to talk over the person standing next to them and talk over the person standing on the other side running a, a box call in their ear it was one loud place friday morning and hey, I, loud's good that's what you want to hear yes yes i just could not have been more excited for not just the call makers but the people who were there buying calls, you know, it's what it's all about, man. Being able to pick up calls and running them and yeah. having conversations with the call makers and seeing old friends. I mean, it just to me, that little 30 second clip kind of encompasses everything about Unicoi all at one time. And and you've I, said I, in the past, like if you were trying to play a call and you wanted to really hear the sound file of it. Almost every call maker there is like, hey, take it outside. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty yeah. cool. Like the trust, obviously the trust that's there. And then like, you know, you have that option. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think most of them now have, they know me well enough to know, hey, Andy, leave your driver's license or a credit card here. And then you can take that call outside because I'm a, I'm a threat to run with any call. <laughs> so it was. It was that on steroids. I think, you know, the first two hours of the show, there were a lot of people there who were there specifically to get a call or two or five from certain call makers. They got what they wanted and then they were out the door and and gone. Now, those people who experienced 
Unicoi in that way, they missed out. You know, to me, the best part of it not only is that, but you know, being able to get those calls from those call makers that are going to sell out pretty early because they have a limited number of calls and their calls are in high demand. But it's all of the socializing and everything that comes afterwards and being able just to walk up to a table and just play a pile of turkey calls. So one of the things that I wanted to do this year at the show was I wanted to actually get an interview with one or two people who were there at the show, whether it was their first time or their 10th time, it didn't matter, but you know, just your, your turkey hunter walking through the show there. And so I grabbed some attendees, tricked them into stepping aside and doing a quick interview with me and just asking the question, what's the draw? What do you enjoy most about Unicoi? Mm -hmm. And so I, I grabbed a grandfather, father and son. So three generations they're enjoying the show together and this is just a great interview so we'll go ahead and and run this one and we'll catch you guys on the other side what's your name though levi gaff levi all right well sir it's good to meet you my name's andy Mm. so this is your first time here nice to meet you andy it's nice to meet you hey and woody there's a little person named andy and Woody, the movie. Oh, and Woody, you're right. Yeah, he was uh, the co-star, wasn't he? Did he end up being the hero? Because every Andy I know Woody is the hero. Woody was ending to be up the hero. And, ah, well, you know, um, I tried. Buzz Lightyear. I have the toy Woody and Buzz Lightyear. Yeah? Yeah. But you don't have the Andy toy? No. Golly. Well, we'll but, have to do something to change all that. I have um, Mr. Pig, where, like, where he said... Um, what's that badger's name? Mr. Porkchop. He's Mr. Porkchop. All right. (laughs) Turkey talk. All right, so y'all tell me your names, too. I'm Trey Gaff. Luke Ditto. All right, and y'all are from? Tennessee. I'm from Monroe, Tennessee. I'm out of Knoxville. Okay, and I'm guessing Levi's from Knoxville, too. He is from Knoxville. Um, But we drove all the way into South Carolina to Georgia. All right. Awesome. You did. Yeah. And you made it in yesterday, or did you come in this morning? Uh, made it yesterday. So stayed in a cabin. We stayed in the cabin. Stayed in the cabin. Guess what? Picks and guess what? Something says on the door to the um cabin. Tell me. It it is inside the cabin. It says um what does it say? Beware of bears. Beware of black bears. Have you seen any black bears yet? Nope. Guess what our cabin is? Where is that? Um, it's a giant bear. Oh, goodness. Goodness gracious. You're not a Tennessee fan, are you? No. no? Okay, good. But I, I am oh, a Tennessee fan. Drop you off. I am a Tennessee fan. You are a Tennessee fan. Okay. What? Go Vols. Uh, Go Vols. All right. Well, I'm going to say roll tide. <laughs> is that okay? Can we still be friends? Uh, yes. So are you having fun at this show? And you got a you got two turkey calls. Three. You got, oh, wait a minute. You've only shown me two. Now you're hiding one from me. So tell me about this call that you have in your hand right here. Can you run Daddy, that call for me? Run this call. 
Yes, and you're sure. You're sure you're only five and a half? And I'm really fast. Look, I'm 53 years old and I can't call a turkey as good as you can. Well, try. Let me see. Can I hold no, it? You, you hold can it like that. Okay. Can I, you're going to let me hold it? All right. I'll, I'm going to do my best not to drop it. So, like this. But Am I doing you, it right? You can do it like this if you want. Or do that. Okay. Let me see if I try it again. Is, is that pretty good? Mm -hmm. You're a good teacher. And this is how you do it wow, so a turkey will hear it. So you have turkeys on the side of that call and it makes turkey sounds. Yeah, and there's a turkey tree. Who, who made that call for you? Look. Who is that? Um, he was in that crazy place. Oh, Ty there. Custom Calls, yeah. He's a good man. That's his son's name is Ty. Mm. He makes a good call too. It's nice of him to give you that, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. He gave we you saw that call? How many boys were up there? There's a bunch. A bunch of them. A bunch maybe, of turkey callers. Maybe five or four. So there was four boys up there and they gave me um and they gave me um one turkey call. That's awesome. That was very kind of them to do that for you. Mm -hmm. You gonna call a, a turkey in for your dad this year with that call? Mm -hmm. Oh, he's gonna have That's to. fantastic. When it's deer season, I'm gonna shoot a deer with my BB gun. I don't blame you. You come to my back, my house, and shoot him in my backyard with a BB gun all you want to. And you call Keep me him out of my wife's flowers. Call me a turkey in with this. So this is your second time here. So tell me what it is that you like the most about the show. Why did you come back? Because you've been once. You could have chosen not to. Well. I think because of the community and just to meet people with a similar interest and just the camaraderie and they're just, it just seems like most people have the same mindset, you know, as I do or the morals or the beliefs and stuff like that. And uh, I guess just learning, you know, I'm interested in making calls. Okay. And actually, I made my first little one last year nice. after I left here because I was so inspired by it. Dang. And, uh, that's your first call you made? Yeah. Hey, that's awesome. Can I tell you something? Yeah. And uh, so just to come and learn and most of the people, now they're not going to tell you all their secrets. And I don't ask them because I've got respect and I think that's part of what I'm looking for is to learn to make the calls and to experiment yeah. and, and be part of it. But... So that was like last year. I didn't I actually didn't know who Larry Prophet was, and I, there was a gentleman sitting in the lobby, and I was like, well, I'm gonna sit down by him. There's a chair, and by the time it was over, it was just like an immediate bond. You know, we we sat there for maybe 30 minutes talking turkey and telling stories, yeah. and then finally he, he's like, Well, I wrote this book. Would you like to read it? And he pulled it out and <laughs> gave it to me, and I was just really impressed. And so just a lot of really good people, you know that. Yeah that are here for the turkeys and to support them and just for friendship and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I tried to get more people to come, but I was able to get my son-in-law to come this year. Mm -hmm. so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? First well, year here. No, it's been great. Um, you know, I like how they they open in prayer. Everybody seems really genuine. Yeah. Um, I have my five-year-old son here and, um, you know, nobody's too busy for them. Um, yeah. Everybody's been real encouraging. The goal is to get young people involved and out in the woods. It's not 
flashy. It's you know, it's it's really nice. A good group of people and, and some really cool custom calls. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's been nice. That's awesome. Well, it's good to meet you, and I, I know all these guys, all these call makers are glad that you came. Yeah, and, absolutely. And brought your son too. Absolutely, it's been a blast, and man. He's uh, just getting introduced to the turkey and. and turkey woods and community and you know they've gave them a great start here so it's yeah. been awesome yeah it's been awesome yeah. It's, it's a good place to bring bring somebody his age and get them really get them to buy in mm-hmm. because absolutely. this place will do it it'll get you interested yeah. absolutely so, very good awesome well thanks for taking time to stop and, yeah. and talk no, we and, appreciate you and, and podcast and well, thank you thank you and uh good luck to you this season awesome thank you so much right. so my buddy Levi and I hit it off big. He wasn't real sure about me at first. He acted like most grown women do when they see me for the first time. They're not real sure about me. <laughs> but then they're kind of like, all right, he's harmless and he's funny looking. So I'll hang around for a few minutes and listen to what he has to say. But me and my buddy Levi, eventually I pulled the microphone out and I thought he was going to freeze up because, you know, he was. He was a little shy at first. I got that microphone out and he just was like, I have two sisters and I, you know, I got this turkey call and I got that turkey call. And it, it was just, it was awesome. So, yeah. And actually, uh, so I, I apologize. There were three generations, but it was Levi's grandfather, Levi's dad, who's a son-in-law and then Levi. So it wasn't son. It's, it was grandfather, son-in-law, and dad. So, but still, three generations there together, just enjoying the show, having a great time, and that's what it's all about. And I mean, just seeing everybody there was was awesome. Now, the this year I had a lot of people come up to me and say, "I am here this year because of you and because of Cameron and you guys featuring Unicoi on your show." And that made me feel really good, you know, that you guys listening to the show would put enough trust in me and my high opinions of this Unicoi custom turkey callmaker show to load up, load the family up, take your wallet with you and go enjoy a weekend in the mountains, hanging out with a bunch of turkey hunters and turkey callmakers. And that was very flattering. I, I just was so thankful that those of you who stopped me and said, hey, I'm here because of you, that you did that, that you stopped me to say hello. Yeah, and That's and pretty cool. That. Yeah. You know, so I felt good about that. But some of those people have messages for you, Cameron. So. Oh, I'm no. Not, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything as far as leading in. I'm just going to play these couple of clips and, you know, I think they say it all. So here we go. Oh, man. All right, so we have a special message for Cameron. We just wanted to let you know that we were really disappointed that you couldn't come to one of the most important events that's ever been and just how disappointed we are and let down and that you actually would prefer to go duck hunting. I just can't think of anything less that I would rather do. I don't know. Just... But anyway, we're expecting you to show up next year because I think you kind of said you was coming, but you didn't. He chose to go duck hunting in a year where there's no ducks. Exactly, exactly. So, so. You've, got, you've got a lot of things that 
you shouldn't have done. You made a lot of collective bad decisions is what we're feeling like. <laughs> One of many. We're, yeah. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. All right. Good deal. All right. Cameron, we're missing you. Where you at? Once, a koi, once again, we're looking at you for uh, Unicoi, and we don't find you anywhere. You must be out in the woods or in the uh, duck hole hunting that wild one duck that you've got to hunt this year. One duck is still around. One gadwall. I don't know how much that gadwall gobbles, but it's probably not much. Better luck next year. Signing off. What do you have to say for yourself? I should have gone. All right. <laughs> I was thinking about going, and the freaking freeze happened the week after Unicoi. So looking at weather forecast, I knew the huge cold front we've all been waiting for in the southeast was coming. Mm-hmm. So I did not go. I was rewarded. I will say this. As bleak and awful as this waterfowl season was, the Friday of Unicoi was our best day of the season. So the Lord at least did smile upon me with my wrong choices and didn't rub salt in the wound that, you know, we hit a zero day or something when I could have been at Unicoi. Yeah. So I get it. I'm going to try to make it one of these years. I, I feel a responsibility to the yellow dog at home and who, who I swam the river for to make sure he gets to go duck hunting. But if he ever sheds his mortal coil, I'll probably be more inclined to be at Unicoi, which he will at some point. So I will be there. Maybe next yeah. year. Sorry, guys. But I, there, there were a lot of call makers who asked about you. There were a lot of people there at the show who asked about you. I only interviewed a couple of them just because I wanted some people to give you grief other than me. <laughs> so you were missed. You were missed for sure. But, you know, maybe one day you'll you'll prioritize correctly and show up in North Georgia and be amongst your brethren. Yeah, I'll be there one of these years. Uh, appreciate the comments, fellas. Mm-hmm. Wish I could have made it. We'll do it. We'll do it soon. We'll make it next year. I will be in Nashville. I am going to be able to make Nashville this year for at least, for, for sure, I think, Friday and Saturday. So if y'all are all, any of those guys are also coming to Nashville, I will be able to make that much easier little drive from home for me. And it's past duck season, so also helpful. All right. So after a couple of people giving you grief, <laughs> I said, you know, I need to get some of these people involved with the show, some call makers, and do some interviews with them. So I stumbled across a gentleman who shared a table with our buddy Roger Park. And awesome. Yeah. And so, Good company. no doubt. The gentleman's name is Donnie Richards. And Donnie owns, I'm going to say it like a true Southern Alabamian. South Alabamian, because they speak differently than those of us in central Alabama and, believe it or not, much different than those in north Alabama. So he owns Come Here to Me Turkey Calls. All right. And I've been looking for, ever since Unicoi last year, I've been looking for wanting to buy a one-sided call, box call. And... I didn't really have it like high on the priority list 
for this year, but I just I, I kept stopping by Roger's table to chat with Roger, and he had somebody with him talking to him almost the entire show. So I ended up standing not in front of, but almost in front of Donnie's half of Roger's table and mm-hmm. started looking, and he has a one-sided box call, but it's a little bit different. It has a handle on the box. Yeah. And you know me, I like different calls. Okay. But a handle on the box, like, I mean, what do you mean? Like it's on top of it? Oh, it's it's like comes out of the end of the box where that where the handle of the paddle is. So you have oh, the paddle. So on the top. actual box has a handle has, and the paddle has a handle. Correct. Gotcha. Gotcha now. Sorry. So I picked this thing up and I'm looking at it and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not a handle. What is that? <laughs> so I open up the box. I've got the box in my hand. I open up the box and I look and I'm like. <laughs> you liked whatever it was apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I look at it and Donnie's looking at me the whole time. And he reaches over and he grabs one and he opens it up, opens up the box. And he pulls that thing that I thought was a handle sticking out of the box. He pulls it out of the box. It is definitely not a handle. He flips the box over upside down and he takes a little Brillo pad that's on top of this stuck to the end of this handle and he holds the call, lifts the lid a little bit. Now the the box calls upside down and there is a round disc of slate embedded in the bottom of that box call. And wow. He starts running it. Ooh. And believe it or not, you could actually hear that over the loudness that is Unicoi. Wow. And he takes that striker that he used to, to make that good sound and purr, cluck, and yelp on that piece of slate. And it's, it's between, I don't know, it might be quarter size, the disc of slate that's embedded in the bottom of that box call. So he puts that striker back in the hole that's drilled in the end of that box call, and he grabs the paddle for the call and he starts running the box and I thought man that is not only cool that thing sounds great yeah that's pretty cool yeah so I said I want that so I got one and I said what's this right here there's another call sitting right beside those calls and this is, again, something different. So you hear me rattling around in my box. I'm not going to try to hide all my rattling sounds today. And the best way I know to describe this thing is if you took a trough call and opened either end of it so that the ends of the trough call are open, you can see all the okay. way through the call. Yeah. There's two okay. pedestals and there's a piece of glass on top of the pedestals on the inside of that call. Okay. On the top of the call is not a trough. It's a round disc of slate. It's embedded in the top of that call. And Donnie takes that call and he says, listen to this. Then he tells me the story of how this call hmm. got the name of Old Lusty. I like and that. <laughs> 
Yes. And so if you guys want to hear how he got the came up with the name of that call, you'll have to call and talk to Donnie. But I said, you know, again, I'm someone who loves a call that's different, not just different, but I love those calls that are different, sound good. And this one is different and it sounds good. And so I said, well, I want one of those. So I got one of those. And he and I are standing there talking and there's these box calls laying off to the side. And I said, what's that right there? Oh, man. (laughs) Donnie had a a big table for you. (laughs) And he said, that right there is my gobble box. I said, gobble box? He said, yeah, well, I know what a gobble box is. I have plenty of box calls that'll gobble, but I don't have a box call that'll do this. That thing has about the throatiest. Yeah, that's a pretty good gobble. gobble. That's through a, you know, audio on a computer or whatever. It's not going to imagine that at 40 yards, 100 yards in the woods type thing. Well, here's here's the cool thing. So I have. I took all these calls into the woods and ah, run. Yeah, I've got sound files for all these calls. So why don't we just jump in and play those sound files now for Let's these three calls? Yeah, right. I'd like to hear those. All right, cool. We'll see you guys on the other side. Call number seven is come here to me. Turkey calls. Senorita box call. Slate combination.
two Donnie Richards come here to me turkey calls old lusty Now, I hate for this to sound like it's the Donnie Richards show because there are so many talented and just awesome call makers, awesome guys, awesome women at that show. But I also grabbed Donnie and we stepped outside for an interview. So I'm going to play that interview for you guys as well. So here is Donnie Richards with Come Here to Me, Turkey Calls. Hey everybody, I'm here at Unicoi and I'm outside the room with Donnie Richards and he's with Come Here to Meet Turkey Calls and actually I didn't say it right, I need to give it the South Alabama drawl so y'all bear with me because I got the Central Alabama drawl going on and there is a difference for those of you in, in South Alabama know but Come Here to Meet Turkey Calls, how about that? And Donnie's got some different calls and you know he and I were just talking uh, uh, before I pressed record about how a lot of these call makers in here just make some beautiful, visually appealing calls, and they sound great as well. And you know, they're just a lot of them are works of art. And but Donnie, his calls are also pretty. Don't get me wrong now, but they're different. And that's that's what I like about them. You guys have been listening to the show for a long time. Know that I like different looking calls and some unique things. And Donnie's got those. And so, tell tell me what you were saying. Just to, well, first of all, Donnie, thanks for stepping away from your table for a few minutes to chat with me and the listeners. But tell me what you were telling me just a few minutes ago about your calls and and those in there. You used well, to make a pot. Yeah, I used to make pot calls too. But and I made good ones, but I didn't. I just didn't. There's something missing. Okay? Yeah. And and I kill turkeys with them. Don't get me wrong. 
No, sir. I, but I, I, <clears> the <throat> I had with you, And here, here's the thing, okay? I made calls for years and years, and there were no different from anybody else's calls. They just what? The, right. the yep. sound, you know. But, and, and, and when I speak to places, I speak to different clubs I've met to. And, and I tell them, I said, look, I said, it doesn't matter if you are the best podcaster in the world, if you're the best dress maker, best biscuit maker. It don't matter what you are until you seek and find God's blessing on what it is you want to do. Yes, sir. That's when you, and I did that, and the Lord blessed me, and, and, and I give him credit, because, you know, you take, you take a piece of wood, and you make you make calls. Yeah. This you ask me what I called it. I don't know what you called it. Friend, a friend of mine, he fought cancer for like 19 years before he died. And he and his son hunted continually. You know they would always hunt yeah. while he was able. And when he would hear a turkey gobble, he say, "Listen, to that old lusty gobble." So his son came to me after the funeral and he told me, he "said I want you to make me a call and put old lusty on." For my daddy. I love that. And I did that, and I said, listen, I said, I've just, just fit seven years I worked on this car. Wow. And I mean, any little bit of difference makes a world of difference. Yeah. And I told him, I said, I've got a new line of call. I said, can I call it over Lester? And he said, yes, sir, be honest. So that's where she comes That's awesome. Yeah, that's where she comes from. And you get the same thing as you would with a pot call. But that ain't pot call. That's, that's turkey. And so, I don't know what to call it. We call it old I like it. So I'm going to try to describe it, and if you think I do it in injustice, just slap me. But it, it's a. I'm going to say it, it looks a lot like a trough call, except there's no trough. The playing surface is not in a trough. The playing surface is obviously on the top of the call, but it's a small round disc slate, slate, and. It's got a soundboard on the inside of the call. It's a glass soundboard, and it's on two pieces of wood holding holding that glass in there, and it's open on both ends of the call. You can see the soundboard and see the the supports for the soundboard in there, and this thing's incredible. <laughs> it's good. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. And you can play it louder. But right there's where I kill turkey. Yeah. All this high-powered calling, you just don't. You know as well as I do, they can hear that from half a mile away. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That don't mean they're gonna come running. And when you, if you're in South Alabama and you get in there with your loud, all this cutting and carrying on, you may get a Jake or two-year-old turkey. Yeah. But I don't. I try not to hunt those. I'm not saying I have them. Yeah. But uh, they like it soft. Yeah. That's why my box call is different. So you got a one-sided box.
and most people nowadays, you young people play it like this. You need to practice this right here. I'm not holding any pressure on that. Just right. Okay. And you can choke up on this call. Choke the the sound down some. Oh, I can, I can hear the difference in the tone. Yeah, that the call side. Yeah. Is real sensitive. And you. But then you see I added something to it because there's nothing like soft calling and there's nothing like slate to do what I do. Definitely kill him. So, on the bottom of that box call, you got a, a round disc one slate. Each, one inch slate. On, in, embedded in that call, in the bottom of the call, and you've you got a striker for that slate, and that striker goes inside the box and is stored there. So, everything carries nice, neat, and quietly. And you were telling me you just take a rubber band and wrap it around that right. that striker and the handle and it keeps everything snug in there and it doesn't make any noise going through the woods. That's that's really neat and they sound great. Oh yeah. You know, you you spent some time obviously in designing that call. You know uh, we try to do too much. We try to do more than a turkey does. And and it now they they've been gifted with some things that we don't quite have. They, they have, but <laughs> you know, all day long, that turkey hens you walking along there, you know. Oh yeah. Another thing, people when they cluck, they just go one direction. A turkey hen when she's clucking, if you have them at your feet and watched them like I have many times, it's more of a. You hear that? Yeah. If you'll take an inverted V, like you come down and go back up and go to the side. Mm-hmm. It's not cook, cook, it's Yeah. But I mean, you know, to a dumb turkey, it don't matter, I don't suppose. But the more you sound like a turkey, the better you're going to Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt. Uh, you don't forget that now. Yeah. Well, the, you get you some turkeys out there on your feet, just watch them. The difference in the, the people that kill a few turkeys a year and the people that murder turkeys every year is that is what you just put I, down right there. I'm sorry. I'm not, a, I'm not one of these that if I can hear a turkey gobble, I'm happy. No, that ain't me. I'm sorry. Hey, no need to apologize. I'm way past that. And then in springtime, you know, early spring, you see in South Alabama, our spring might be February, early February. Yeah. Uh, the trees are blooming. My mama has peach, peaches on her trees bigger than nickel. Yeah. Now. And uh, so the turkeys don't know what day it is. They don't, they don't go by that. Man sets the season. 
And uh, but anyway, before that, because the gobblers are in there, bachelor groups they call it. I call them homosexuals because they they won't listen to a hen dog. And so they start fighting with one another to see who's going to be the boss. Everybody wants to kill the boss because he's out there strutting, you know. Which usually is not your best turkey in that group. That bird with long spurs has gotten older, he's lost weight, his feathers are not shiny anymore, and he has been whipped by a three-year-old with sharp spurs, and he's walking around out there. That's the trophy there. I'd always, I always judge the turkey by spurs, okay? And uh, I passed up these old ugly gobblers, which were trophies, until I learned better, okay? So, but uh, once they've decided who the boss is, you know, he's supposed to do all the breeding. And uh, so seasonings come in, you're sitting out there, and they gobble out there strutting in the cow pasture, and he got three or four hens with him, and you're sitting down there in the woods making your little sweet hen talk. And he'll give you that thank you for coming this morning, Gobble. I'm not coming down there. I just, I'm not coming down there. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, you pull this out and you go. Well, that gets his attention because, see, he's afraid that Buddy that he whipped last week is now sneaking in the back door, come up the creek there. Yeah. And he can't stand it. And I've had him actually nearly run over me before I could get the gun up and shoot him. Yeah. A buddy of mine in South Georgia, he actually shot one in the breast at about six feet. He was trying to get it on his head, but but he said, hey, I just shot with TSS. Oh, I mean, it looked like he could have been an axe. Nice hole. Uh, but, but he's coming to fight now. He, yeah. He's coming to yeah. fight. Then, later in the summer, like in Alabama, a week or two before season goes out, it's probably 98 degrees. All the hens are on the nest, and they're, they're getting back in these bachelor groups. And you'll see three or four gobblers in a field, and you make your hen call, he won't do that. He won't yeah. look at it. Yeah. But then, you do this. That's a buddy. So he'll come over to visit. Yeah. And he tastes the same. It don't matter why he comes. <laughs> he tastes the same. So uh, that that's my definition of turkey hunt. Uh, that's awesome. They, you know, all those work. They're tuned and they work. I'm good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I, I'm just going to close with this. So, Donnie, I told you I've been turkey hunting for 30 years. Not you're a couple of years older than me. So you told me you've been you you've been 55 years in the turkey woods. And when I came over and I started running your calls, you said, now you're holding that striker wrong. Hold it this way. And you spent time with me showing me how to hold that striker. And you also helped me uh, running that box call, too, that you have. Not the gobble box, but the other one. Well, you helped me with the gobble box, too, because I was, I was choking up on the gobble box too much. But with the other box call that has a slate embedded in the bottom, and you, you spent time to help me with that, and you said to me something that's very important for two reasons. You said to me, I want you to know how to run my calls because if you can't run them right, they're not going to sound good to you. 
and they're not going to sound good to the turkeys and it's important for me that they sound good to you and to the turkeys mainly to the turkeys so I thought that was big and the thing that that really um, is important for me as somebody who does turkey hunt I'm never going to claim to know everything and you've been hunting longer than almost twice as long as I have and you know that none of us are ever going to know everything about a turkeys or, or, no. or turkey hunting no, but but, out, of, out of over 550 gobblers that I've killed I, I should be ashamed to say that but I'm not uh, I've learned so much, but you know, I've been in the swamp, I've been in the woods, yeah. and I started when I was six years old in the woods by myself, huh? Yeah. And uh, so, you learn so much because now as you get older, you forget stuff too. Right, yeah. And uh, so, it, every, if you're in the woods, you should learn something every time you go. Yeah. And if you're paying attention. And, uh, but yes, if you can't use these calls, they're no better than going to Walmart and buying something. You That's know? true. And uh, true. when I mail calls, I tell the people, and most people do it, I tell the people, I said, I'd like for you, when you get the call, you call me, and I want to hear you play it over the phone. Yeah. And, and it, it tickles me because they'll say, how can you tell what I'm doing? But I know what they're doing. Because you know, you've been I, running the calls yeah, long enough. Yeah. You know I, what I it sounds like when somebody's doing something. One old fellow up at Birmingham, he said, Mr., are you looking at me? <laughs> I said, no. I said, but I know what you're doing. Yeah. And, uh, but I can get them in the, in the right direction, you know, to do what I want them to do. Yeah. And uh, to me, that's important. Well, and I said this on the show several times when I talk about coming to Unicoi. That's what people are missing out on by not being here. Number one, you're missing out on not being able to run a lot of really good calls and a lot of uh, just, I mean, these guys are so talented in that in that room. It's insane. It blows my mind the amount of talent in there. But not being able to run that call and have the person that made the call say, try it this way, mm-hmm. try it that way. Mm-hmm. And you can't, there is no price that you can pay to replace that. That's right. So If you, if you really care about your sport, you want to be as good as you can. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I try I try to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, the, uh, and, and, you know, to me, this is like turkey hunting in a way because each call is a challenge to get it to where I mean, I'll burn calls better than most hunters hunt with. I do. I believe you. And uh, if they don't come up to what I want, I, I burn them. Yeah. At the end of the year, I clean house, you know. I take the screw out of them in the spring, burn them. And, and start over from scratch. And uh, so I'm just, it's just that big to make it be good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and and it's paid off. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, I got to tell you, I'm 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 walking out of here with one of each of those calls, and what you don't know is I'm going turkey hunting in Texas in about five weeks, in late February, and I have a feeling that gobble box is going to do the trick out there. But I'm I'm looking forward to running all three of those in the woods and getting after them. So I'm gonna send you some pictures when it happens. Do that. I will. Do that. I love getting pictures. But uh, you uh, the soft calls won't do you any good in Texas. 
you know. Oh, it's not gonna carry, especially. I'd imagine yeah. wind's gonna blow a little bit in that, February in Texas. Wide open country. Yeah. But uh, but when you get serious about killing the turkey in uh, eastern turkey, that they're killing. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what I hear. Yeah. I, I think challenging with that gobble box is gonna be is gonna be fun. That's what I think. Now I, they may be depending on the winter, they may be starting to to oh, yeah. hook up with the girls a little bit by the end, oh, so yeah. we'll just have to kind of see. They're already uh, splitting with hens down there at home. Are they? Yeah. And uh, the, uh, when I got invited to hunt with Mighty Osceola, no expense, yeah. me and my buddy went down there. And with my soft cough, it was like being somebody's chicken pen. <laughs> They come to ancient Hashford Turkey just randomly. Left yeah. hens and come to it. And and I looked at Eric, I said, son, this ain't no fun. Yeah, I like I like a little challenge. I'd rather him whip me today so I can lay in bed at night and, and dream of what I'm gonna do tomorrow, you know, different. But this down there, that my soft calls, oh god, they just ran over. His banker in Bainbridge, Georgia. He made turkey calls and made anyway. And uh, he was down there hunting and he called Eric and said, man, we can't kill these turkeys. And, and Eric told him, he said, if we stayed a month, y'all wouldn't have a turkey down here. He said, we kill every one of them. And it's that soft call. That's, that's yeah. You're older, you're more mature bird, and, and that's why I like to hunt. Yeah. So, but see, I have people that hunt a turkey all season. And he called me, and Mr. Donnie, come on here and kill this turkey for me. You know, he's already been, oh, yeah. I use the expression, hell hack. I mean, they've thrown everything. They, he, that's bird, he's highly educated. Yeah. And nobody can call that turkey. You know, but, uh, but I like to call And sometimes I mess up and kill him. Yeah. Okay. But anyway. Absolutely. Uh, I thank you for your time. Thank, thank you. For being. Well, I, I appreciate you taking time to spend with me and showing me the calls and how to run them and everything. And thanks for the time to talk to the listeners. And you guys, if y'all are interested in, in something different and having that in your turkey vest, and, and by different, I mean different looking. And I think it sounds a little more turkeyish than than a lot of things that people may be carrying as well. And I, I have a feeling they're going to do some good with them. You guys get in touch with Donnie. And Donnie, how can somebody get in touch with you if they want to get one of your calls. Yes. Uh, be 1334-735-2452. That'll get you that'll get you headed toward me. I'll answer you sooner or later. Yep. So if they can leave you a voicemail if they don't That's get right. you, you'll get back to them. Right. All right. Fantastic. Well thank you much. I appreciate you. Well, thank you. All right. Appreciate you. Okay. That's awesome. Great guy. I'm just going to venture to say he's probably forgotten more about turkeys than I will ever know. And I don't think yep. he's forgotten anything. So that tells you how much I know. But he's a wealth of knowledge and just a heck of a nice guy. So I ended up, I texted one of my hunting buddies and I said, hey, you wanted a good slate call. Here's a good slate call. You need to buy this. And then I sent him video of the one-sided box call and i said you need to buy this too so he bought both of those calls and i said you need to buy this gobble box and he didn't bite on it the one thing that i know is going to happen for sure i'm going to call in and kill a turkey <laughs> with this gobble box right here while i'm hunting with him one day this spring 
Yeah, you need to do that for sure. But I will not use it for his benefit. So, sorry, Brian. I like but, that. I like that call a lot. Yeah, man, this gobble box is awesome. So yeah, that sounds good. That's the gobble box that Roger Parks talks about a good bit. And okay, you know it. It is some kind. I mean, man, you guys heard it when I ran it out in the woods. It is just a throaty. It sounds so much like a real eastern wild turkey gobble. It's it's mind blowing to me. So yeah, that was. That was a lot of fun for me and getting to spend some time with Donnie and, you know, what, again, the coolest thing about Unicoi is just being able to spend time with those call makers. And I'm standing there, look, you know as well as I do, because I've told, I've said it a million times on the show. I grew up running pot and peg calls. That's, that's what I cut my teeth on with turkey hunting. So I pick up old Lusty and I'm running it. Old Lusty. Yeah, I'm running old Lusty, and Donnie says, uh-uh, hold the striker this way. This striker's thinner than a regular striker. You need to make sure you get the vibrations out of it that, that it can produce. So you need to hold it this way. So you you just don't get that. You know, you can, you can go to a lot of other places. You can buy calls online. You can buy calls from the box stores or, you know, whatever else you want to wherever else you want to get a call and you're just not going to get that. So that's, that's one of the major things that makes Unicoi so special to me. Yeah. So in being Unicoi, there's a lot of things going on. You guys remember the, the episode where we had Mark Sharp on and he talked about the seminars and that kind of thing. So I recorded a couple of seminars. We'll play those at some point in the future for you. Yeah. But while at one of the seminars, I grabbed Josh Painter, and Josh is, I will say, the young blood of Unicoi. Josh has been very involved with Unicoi over the years, probably the the same number of years that I've been there. In fact, I think he started running video for Mark, Josh, probably the year before I went. Okay. For my first time. So he, Josh is, is just top-notch, all-around great guy. He has helped Mark and Russell with this Unicoi show and doing video and helped to promote it and never asked for anything in return. One day, Mark calls him and says, hey, you know, Russell and I are getting a little bit older. We need some young blood in here. And would you like to be involved? And Josh didn't even hesitate and he jumped on it. And so Josh is involved in the show now and helping to put that on. But he still does all the videography. For the show as well so i grabbed josh and did a quick interview with him so this is my interview with josh painter and we'll see you guys on the other side hey everybody i'm here with josh painter and josh is well he's now involved in the unicoi show and he, i can't say that you haven't been involved for years because as long as i've been coming you've been here and you've been running video and, and helping mark do the video for the for the show but I don't know if Mark recruited you into helping out more this year, or you volunteered into helping out more this year, but from what I understand, you're involved in, in the show and helping to organize it now and put it all together. So tell us, tell us a little bit about what, why you did that, first of all, but then... Let me fix this real quick. 
sit right there. That's good enough. But then tell us not just why, but tell us what you're doing as well. So about six years ago, um, come up and did a little small video. I was intrigued by this show. As a first-time attendee, it, it's overwhelming for a lot of people. And they come up here and they don't know what to look for, and they just it, it's just... It's just an overwhelming thing. So with that being said, I was like, I need to video this so I can remember what you elaborated to, Andy, about as far as the amount of expertise and the knowledge that these men give you, and uh, women for that matter too. I've met some women that have the knowledge too up there. Yeah, definitely. Um, with that being said, you know, I took a little video. Well, Mark called me back um, after he saw that video on YouTube, and he said, Josh, I really enjoyed that. Will you come back and do that for us every year? So long story short, that's how we fell into everything. And then we, we eventually found out that it's highlighting what these men and women are doing up there. The spirit of Unicoi, they're, they're what makes it. Yeah. And But just as you, Andy, people can't see your face you know, from, from a podcast. People weren't, people weren't saying that is a good thing. <laughs> Trust me, folks, I'm here seeing it myself. <laughs> so these, uh, these men and women, they, uh, they needed to be highlighted. They, what they do, why they do it, the true Americana of, of turkey hunting. And that's why I become involved wanting to do the videography. And we've got everybody from Lewis Stowe, you know, down to guys that haven't been doing it like for a long time, you know, like Clay Townsend, uh, up and comers. And it's just been an experience to get to meet these men and women. Yeah. Um, this year, a couple months ago, Mark approached me and um, kind of recruited me with it and Mark and I've had a very, and Russell for that matter have had a very great relationship for the last six years and Mark said Josh I, as always we're all getting older and uh, he said you know you're 43 years old I would like someone to you know to kind of mentor myself and, and kind of help us out with this show and carry this thing through if something should happen to me and Russell Yeah. and it, it was an honor that's yep. an honor to do. Yep. Um, yep. When you go up there and you know you've seen it, you've said it. Um, you know Mark said it for the last couple of years on your show. You've heard people in this podcast that'll talk about it, but it's camaraderie. It's the word you're going to hear. You're going to hear camaraderie, and you're also going to um, you know just get to experience things that, that you can't experience uh, in a, in an intimate setting. It's very intimate with getting to talk to these men and women to to pump their knowledge into you. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's awesome, and and so you've helped <clears throat> you helped to really grow the show a lot with your videos, and you know you you in doing the I like to call them kind of highlight videos is really kind of what what they were when you were doing them first, and they've gotten to be a little bit more and more every year. You know, you, you interviewing call makers and interviewing the attendees as well. But you've been very involved in, in filming or recording the seminars that are done. And so that's been, I know, helpful for Mark and helpful for Russell in, in promoting the show and, and getting the word out there. And so, you know, I, I know that they, they appreciate you very much for that. And Mark's told me a, a thousand times how much he appreciates you. So I know he's told you that as well because he tells me that about the podcast. So. Thank you for what you do to help promote the show as well. So, what I, I'm 
you've been around, a, I'm about to put you on the spot big time, I'm just warning you, okay? You've been around a lot of these call makers for six years now at this show. You've become friends with a lot of them. You've become friends with Mark, Russell as well. You film these seminars. Share with me one thing that you've learned from being whether it's here at this show or just from a conversation with a call maker that you've had outside of the show or anything like that. Share me with me one thing that you feel like made you a better turkey hunter. Very first year I was here, that very first video we did, Andy, um, I walked around to each booth, as I told you with that video camera. That's a phone. Um, and I asked these men, and I, I said, what is the best piece of advice you could give to invest into, not necessarily just a younger man, but a younger turkey hunter? Every single one that you come around to, say patience. Patience. Um, and that applies to everyday life. Sometimes doing nothing is doing the right thing, you know. Yeah. And uh, how many times have you heard on your podcast or that you've probably experienced yourself, you're like, I gotta go to that turkey, he's hung up, I'm going to him, I'm going to him. You go two or three hundred yards up a ridge or wherever you go, hit that call and he gobbles down there where you just left. Yep. Sometimes we just need to be patient. Larry Prophet, he, he was a great one to teach me that. And um, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot from these, these, and I owe everything to the wild turkey. And it's just as you and where this thing, whole thing is carried, you and Cam and where, uh, Cameron and where it'll go, you know, it's the relationships that you would have never met. You People you'd never meet. Yeah. You and I connected through this. And, yeah, that's uh, exactly right. That's that's what makes it so, so special. So I've learned the value of friendship. I've learned the value of humility. And I've learned the value of patience by talking to these men and women at the show. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, again, for you guys that are listening, you probably don't know Josh's name, but you know his work from seeing his videos on YouTube about Unicoi. And so that's Josh has been behind that and, and you know, editing those videos, recording them, posting them, and doing all that for Mark and Russell over the years and so that just a little more background on on Josh with that and he's very very involved with promoting the wild turkey as well in his NWTF chapter and promoting women in the outdoors also he's he's pushing that a great deal and it's obviously it's a great cause but so I just want to say thank you Josh for what you do for the show out here and I'm I am so glad that you're involved in in putting the show on going forward with with Mark and Russell I think it's going to be a good addition and, and I'm looking forward to some of the um, some of the new things that you want to introduce to the to the show up here at Unicorn. There's a couple of new ideas I won't throw Mark or Russell under the bus before I talk to them about it yeah. but yeah. If, if, if you're not growing you're dying so we'll yeah. I, we'll do what we can to make the show better and I urge anybody to uh, to speak out what you know what can make the show better you know there's some things that's out of control some things that we can but uh, we'll do what we can to make it a pleasant experience for everybody. Yeah, fantastic. Well, man, thank you. I appreciate your time and being able to step away from up there running the video camera for a little while and look forward to seeing you 
well, when I leave today, I look forward to seeing you in Nashville because I absolutely that's that's that'll be a beautiful thing. It always is, and it's uh it's great seeing everyone around. So yep. make them before you take them, and uh, let's let's keep this thing rolling. Heck yeah, thank you, buddy. All right. Now, look, I still got a box full of turkey calls right here that I'm going to talk about, but I want to go ahead and hit this last interview that I have. The last interview came upon the recommendation from Josh Painter. He said, hey, have you ever talked to Kathy Champion? And I said, no. I said, the last name rings a bell. Is she any relation to Dickie Champion with Champion Game Calls? And, and he said, yeah, Kathy is Dickie's wife. And you really need to talk to Kathy. Not only is she Dickie's wife, but she also has her own call making company. Wow. And she's also very involved in getting women more involved in hunting. And she would be a great person to talk to about all the opportunities that there are for women, not just in the sport of hunting, but in things like turkey call making. And so cool. I said, you know what? You're right. That would be a really good interview. So I went over and talked to Kathy, one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet in your life, just an amazing woman. And so she agreed to do an interview with me. I eventually grabbed her, got her outside of the room and put the microphone up to her face. And here we go. So you guys listen in and we'll catch you in just a few minutes. Hey, everybody. I am here with Kathy Champion. And Kathy is the, I'm going to say, the better half of the champion couple that's here today. Well, the whole week for, for the show at Unicoi. But Kathy and Dickie have champion custom turkey calls, and I probably messed the name up. Is it's it, it, champion custom calls. Champion custom calls, because you guys we, do things we, other than turkey calls. calls. Yeah. Turkey yeah. Calls. And then you, I, I have learned, really kind of have your own brand. I do. It's Mama Bear Call. Mama Bear Call. So tell us, first of all, tell us how you got involved in dealing, or not dealing, but in making turkey calls. And that's not one of yours that we hear running in the background no. right there. But I do have a pot call, though. That's, that and, sounds pretty and, good. Uh, it sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so tell us, about, tell us about that. Dickie had gotten behind on making some calls, and he had work just piling up on him. Well, we've been married almost 10 years, and I spend a lot of hours in the shop with him, and I've learned just by watching. I have taken some woodworking, uh, wood turning classes at Rockler and loved it. I mean, literally fell in love with it. So we would go out to the shop, and he chucks up everything in the lathe and says, okay, stand here and watch me. So I started right there. And I made, um, I don't know, probably 10 or 15 wood duck calls. Yep. And then I started making squirrel calls, which have a squeaker on them. Right. They're pretty neat. And then I started turning the um, trumpet calls. I do the wood end of it and the turning on that and finish the wood. And then he takes them and puts the uh, mouthpieces on them and yep. finishes decorating them. So it's, it's, it's a team effort. That's and awesome. we have really enjoyed it. And he made the mistake of taking me to the wood store at Rockler to pick out blanks to make calls out of. I said, you may be sorry. But I, he said, nah, I love it. And I loaded up my arms. Here I come out. And he says, uh, maybe I shouldn't have brought you. <laughs> 
So I have I have just stacks of wood now, and after this weekend, we'll get back in the shop because we've got a call a call maker show. Well, uh, just a trade show coming up in uh, February at Perry, and then the following week we will be at National at the NWTF National Convention. Right. And we will have a booth there as well. Uh, I will also be there with Sisterhood of the Outdoors, which is a women's group. We take women hunting, fishing, shooting all over the United States. Uh, I'm an NRA uh, certified shotgun instructor, which I help with a lot of the events that we have, Uh, teaching uh, shotgun classes, coaching as far as safety and uh, the proper methods to use to shoot. Uh, if you had missed coming out this weekend, you missed a lot. There's a big opportunities here for uh, the women to come out. There's a lot more for you to see than just walk around and look at calls. There are several, I noticed several different women in here sitting at tables, and we are more than well uh, happy to involve you in what we do, teach you how to use calls. If you've got questions, you've got my phone number, we'll FaceTime. Yeah. Anything that I can do to help you and get you involved in, in not only turkey hunting, but deer hunting, or any of the other sports out there that you want to to uh, do. Yeah. It's a, a great opportunity to come out and, and just walk around these trade shows and see what's going on. It's not for men only. Yeah. And we encourage women to come and be a part of it. Uh, I, like I said, I am a woodworker myself. I'm just learning how, but it's been, been awesome to me. Yeah. That's, that's something that, you know, we were earlier before we started the recording we were inside the room there in the the call makers area and talking a lot about or we we started talking specifically about the number of women that were there like not just there to look at calls to buy but they're working booths and and that kind of thing so you know seeing I I, I don't know I, I think just over the years we were talking earlier about the number of, of men who, when it comes to certain things like woodworking, we think, well, it's mostly a, a men's game, but it's really not. You know, women, there's a lot of women involved in, exactly. in woodworking and making different things, making furniture even, you know, and, and bigger pieces like that. I have like friends that, that are, are in love with scroll saws. Yeah, but, um, absolutely. It's what? it's an open field, yeah. and there are not a lot of women call makers. There are not, and right. I probably wouldn't be, I wouldn't have never touched a, a saw or a, a lathe either one had I not married into it. Yeah, and found out how much fun it was. Yeah, yeah, it's just making something with your hands is mm-hmm. is rewarding. Very. It really is, and you take that that raw product and turn it into something finished and something that's beautiful and then in your case it's an instrument and it makes beautiful sounds well if you like turkeys they're beautiful sounds if you don't like turkeys it can be well i'm a diehard turkey hunter yeah so you know it's just it's an awesome thing so i i really like the fact that you mentioned you know all the opportunities available but that you're you would be happy to help anybody who is interested, any oh, yes. woman out there who is interested in, in getting into this and learning some more about it. And I, I think just knowing that those opportunities are out there can open up some doors for, for a lot of women. Absolutely. So that's, that's great. 
just so. just come to one of the shows the next one that you see make an effort to go if you feel like you're going to be intimidated in there you're wrong no. we welcome any new faces at any time and are more than willing to help you yeah. uh, the men call makers in here as well yes. they're always happy to share their information and, and pass it on to somebody else if they weren't they wouldn't be here that's right yeah that is one of the beauty parts of this show is that you know there is no when, when you hear someone say to you in, in that room well I've been turkey hunting for 55 years or I've been hunting turkeys for 60 years or 40 whatever it is they're not saying that to, to, to intimidate they're saying that to say I've learned a lot of stuff over that period of time and let me share with you what I've learned and, and every time you go you will learn something yeah. else I don't care how old you get or how many times you go there's always gonna be something else that that you're gonna pick up yeah when you're turkey hunting yeah and that totally. is an addictive thing yeah. very true very true so you mentioned Facebook do you have a page for Mama Bear? No, I do not. Okay. All right. So if somebody wants to listen to some Mama Bear calls, where did, can they follow you or friend you personally on Facebook and hear some of them there? They on, on Facebook. Okay. Uh, that uh, anytime I will be happy to. I can give you my phone number if you wanted to, or you can yeah. just look me up on Facebook. Uh, if you want to and I will, I will have, be happy to FaceTime with you and, and help you at any time. Uh, my phone number is 318-537-5763. Okay. And uh, anytime, day or night, I'm so here. Whether they want to learn calls or they want to buy calls. Exactly. That's a good way to get in touch uh, with If I don't answer the phone, leave a message and I will definitely return your call. Okay. It's hard to hear the phone ring over that late. It is. Fantastic. Well, Kathy, I've just thoroughly enjoyed talking to you both inside the show and outside the show room there. And I appreciate your time doing this. And I look forward to hopefully seeing you in Nashville. I won't be in Perry, but hopefully seeing you in Nashville. Well, I'll be with Sisterhood of the Outdoors as well as in the the call uh, booth with Dickie. Fantastic. Well, I'll be looking for you in both places then. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. So she's just. She is so unique in a lot of ways and is an extremely patient person. And I think if there's any one out there, male or female, but especially if there are any women out there who think they might be interested in trying to learn about making turkey calls or woodworking, you know, I think that Kathy would be a wonderful resource. Or if there are women out there who think that they may want to get involved in hunting but they're afraid to even dip their toes into it because it's such a stereotypical man's world. Kathy would be an amazing resource. So she's just really, I mean, a really cool woman. And I'm glad that I got an opportunity to interview her and so thankful that Josh pointed me in her direction and said, Hey, you need to talk to Kathy. Yeah, that's awesome. Was Miss Glenda Green there? Glenda was there. Yeah, deal. absolutely was there. And I wanted to do an interview with Glenda and man, I just got time got away from me just like it always does. And yeah. so next year I'll have to make it a point to interview Miss Glenda. She's an awesome person as well. But that those are all the interviews that I have. So I've got a bunch of turkey calls 
here. I've already said I've got a box full of them. So I'm just going to throw out some names and rather than me not do these call makers justice by running their calls inside and mere inches away from a microphone, I'm going to play the sound files for them. But I picked up a call from Kevin Cantrell with Thai Custom Calls and I bought calls from Kevin before in the past. Again, great guy, makes a really good sounding call. And I picked up this three-sided call, or I should say three-surfaced call, but it's a, a two-sided pot. And I picked up a bunch of pot calls. You'll be really surprised to hear that, Cameron. <laughs> but this one is ceramic and brass on the, the large playing surface on what we would call the top of the call. And then the bottom of the call has a little slate disc in it. This slate disc is deadly. This thing is, it sounds so good. It's crazy. I know I said I wasn't going to run it, but I cannot help but run that call. <laughs> it just runs crazy. itself when it gets around you. It does, yeah. It's like, you know, it's it's just on autopilot. It just plays. Yeah. But this thing is really good. So I'll I'll run the sound files for this one now and we'll catch you guys on the other side. You're going to hear. I think what I did was I ran ceramic and then brass and then slate. So if you're traveling on the road, it may be hard to pick up the difference between the ceramic and the brass. If you're listening with your ear pods in, you should be able to pick it up. That brass, man, it's high pitch and it'll reach out and grab them. But that ceramic call sounds incredible as well. So anyway, I'm going to quit talking about the call. I'm going to play the audio. We'll see you guys in just a minute. Call number three. is Thai Custom Calls three-sided pot call. Ceramic, brass, and slate. That's how I'm going to play them, ceramic, brass, and slate.
So I'm excited about taking this call in the woods and getting to slay some turkeys with it. It's going to be Heck yeah. a lot of fun. I think it ought to be in the vest in about 21 days, maybe speaking Rio. Yes, sir. That's what's good about those different surfaces on there. You can get some different sounds out of it. So, you know, if you start speaking Alabama Eastern to them and they're not interested, we can swap over to a little Rio talk. That's right. And that, Texan. that brass call will reach out and touch them. Heck yeah. The, yeah, brass does. It has like a ring to it. Yeah. We get That's one of those awesome. real windy days. That'll be a great call to have in the woods with us. Man, so you, I mean, like, did you have a, did you steal a Walmart shopping cart to carry around <laughs> Unicoi with you? Well, I think I just probably need to say that we have some friends there at that show who were kind enough to let me store some things underneath their tables. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, I don't know how many hands you had, but you're running out of room. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'll say thank you, Michael T. Simpson, and I will say thank you, Brian Absher, for letting me steal some space underneath your your table that you had there, or tables that you had there. So, yeah, Michael Michael T. Simpson's got his second book out, by the way. I just got my copy of it. So, a little plug there. His first one was great. We interviewed him last year or earlier this year, or well, it would have been last year. It was last year, yeah. So you might if you were there, out. you would have gotten a chance to chat with him and get a book live and in person, but you didn't make it. Let's <laughs> rub some more salt in the old wound. Yeah, um, I would tell you it'd be the last time I'd say it, but you know that'd be a lie. <laughs> so I also picked up a, a crystal call, and believe it or not, I don't even, well, excuse me, I did not have a crystal call. <laughs> I do now. But I didn't have a crystal call prior to this. And so it's a crystal pot and peg call. And this is made by Tim Sanford with Rut and Strut Game Calls. And Tim's in Orlando, Florida. But this thing, it sounds good as well. So I'll just, again, I'm right by the microphone. I don't want to do this call in injustice. We'll just play the sound file from the woods. So you guys listen in, listen to this thing. It's, It's got feathers all in it. So we'll see you guys on the other side. Call number four is Rut and Strut Crystal Pot Call.
All right. That's a good one that I'm looking forward to using as well. Yeah. I don't know. There's something about that crystal surface. So my buddy Todd has a crystal call and it's it's a one of the calls is a production call. You know, it's not a custom call. And I'll run everything in my vest and not get a response. And he'll run that crystal call and sometimes they'll just bam, hammer right back. So something a little bit different about that surface and yeah, I used to have the, was it Pollard's Nasty Gal, I believe it was a crystal call. Yeah. And that one's by a tree somewhere, but it worked really well till I lost it. It was a great call. <laughs> a lot of them will work well until you lose them. Yes, but I'll have to check this one out that you just played because it also sounds like it has that right sound to it, like what you're talking about, that, that different sound that they'll hit that sometimes. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. So from there, I went and stopped at my old buddy Paul Durham's table with Paul Durham Custom Calls. And Paul makes an incredible call. That's just, they're all very, very well put together. They're beautiful calls. And this was a, this is a great sound and slate call that I got from him. And well, same deal. It's a, <laughs> slate over glass and why don't we just run this thing let me give let me give you guys a sound file for it so we'll see you guys on the other side
like I said, this thing's extremely well made, pretty call, sounds great, and I'm looking forward to getting this thing in the woods and seeing what it'll do as far yeah. as bringing them in on a string. So I'm excited about that one too. Yeah, no doubt. And then look, it just keeps going and going. <laughs> so let me move some of these bags of chalk that I have in here out of the way. And I had, oh, I got one more pot and peg. Let me, let me play this pot and peg for you. I'm a, I'm a sucker for a slate call. Uh, there's, obviously a purpose for all these other playing surfaces for pot yeah and you're just you're a little partial to them though you you love a pot and peg call i love a slate pot and peg call yes and i stopped by my buddy doug morgan's table and he had like i don't know five or six this is towards the end of the show he had like five or six pot and peg calls left and I pick this call up and I look at it and it's beautiful. I don't even remember what kind of wood it is, but it's beautiful. It's got a, a real pretty striker that goes with it as well. And I picked this thing up, started running it. I said, man, that sounds good. So I took this one home with me and this thing in the woods is insane. It is so good. So I'm just going to run the. Don't tease it. Let's hear it. I'm going to run the, the sound <laughs> file. Here we go. Call number six is Doug Morgan's Slate Pot Call. That thing's got Alabama turkey all in it. Yeah, no doubt. And I'm sure you're about to find out just how much Yes, you got yes. in it. Yes, 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 indeed. So I was excited to get that one. And while I was there talking to Doug, McLean from Custom Turkey Calls by McLean came up and he said, look at this striker that I made. 
Now, what a lot of people don't know is McLean makes, he's like the striker master. He makes a lot of strikers for a lot of those call makers who were there at that show. Not just the ones that are there at that show, but a lot of them for a lot of call makers. And it's not unusual for a call maker to sub something out. You know, it's just when somebody's really good at something, why would you not want to have that product be associated with yours if it makes yours better? So he hands me this thing. This is a full metal jacket arrow shaft by Easton. Okay. It has a wooden playing tip. The tip of it's wooden and has a wooden bell on the end of the striker. And the you can look inside that the bell of the striker where it normally would attach to the striker, the part of the striker that plays on the call, the shaft of that striker. And there's a gap between the bell and the wooden, or excuse me, and, and the arrow shaft. Well, okay. on the end of the bell is a, I'm just, I mean, basically, I'm just going to call it a field point, but it's not really a field point. It's like what you would screw into a field point of your arrow shaft to, in lieu of having a field tip in there. So, you know, I don't know if you were traveling or something or whatever, but it screws into the shaft of the arrow. And what it does, and McLean could tell you a lot better than I can, because he's the man, he's the, the mad scientist behind this design, but it puts tension on that, on that shaft of that striker. And it controls the vibrations of that shaft and the bell. So essentially what you have is a striker that you can run on the same hot call and get different sounds. So I am going to run this in here. So forgive the, oh, the vibrations or the the coarseness of this calling, but that's just what you're going to get when you call this close to the microphone. So Here's here's what this sounds like with the screw in the in the end of the bell screwed in all the way as tight as it'll go. So I'm going to unscrew this. I'm going to loosen it just a fraction. A little different sound. Unscrew it just a little bit more. A little bit raspier, a bit more, and it just doesn't take much at all. See, now I'm getting almost nothing out of it. Loosened it up so much, and I'm getting almost nothing out of it. But this thing is just super cool. Kept winning it up. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, this thing is, is... There's just so many genius, like, designs of turkey calls at this event it sounds like oh yeah yeah it's it's full of mad geniuses <laughs> yeah like there everyone you just kind of think like uh the turkey call has been innovated to its full potential and then you go to unicoid and you're like nope here's more people figured out more ways <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so i picked up that striker and it came home with me and that was really cool. So I, I had a great conversation with McLean. He he's a listener of the show, and so you know that was that was cool as well. He was one of those who's thoroughly upset that you did not make it 
Cameron. He said, but Cameron said he was going to come this year, that he was going to show up. And I said, well, you know, there's two kind of people in this world. Oh, man. (laughs) So I got one more call while I was there. And Richard Hudson is making trumpet calls now. And so I got one of his calls. And since I've not had anything to drink today, like I just mentioned early on in the show, I don't want to ruin it by running this call now when I'm not prepared to play it. (laughs) So I, I want to do him justice. And I'm going to just run the sound file that I have for that call out in the woods because that's when it sounds best anyway. So here we go. I'll run this one and I will see you guys on the other side. Call one, Richard Hudson, trumpet call. So look, you know, there's a lot of turkey calls that I came home with on this trip. And what I'm going to say is I'll put names and phone numbers in the show notes. And I really just don't think that anyone listening to the show, if you wanted a custom made call, I just don't think you could go wrong buying a call from any of these guys that that we're featuring here on the show. And really... The reason we're featuring them on this show is because I've taken their calls home from this show. There are a hundred plus fantastic call makers at that show in Unicoi every single year. And I really think you as a turkey hunter could walk up to any of those tables, pick up a call and not run it, pay the call maker, walk out of there and walk into the woods and call in a turkey and kill it they're just all of them are made that well all those guys that are there selling calls and women know what a turkey is supposed to sound like and so you know it it's a phenomenal place to go and be able to pick something up that you can either stick on a shelf and never take in the woods because there's a lot of beautiful calls there or you can go and pick something up take it home and Take it out in the woods and kill probably more turkeys than you thought you'd ever be able to kill with them. They just are that good. And it's got a lot of everything there. So I'm not going to ramble on about it today, but you guys know how strongly I feel about that show and the the call makers that are there. And it's just it is an event that needs to be enjoyed by everyone. So you got a passion for turkeys and turkey calls. That is the place to be.
but maybe one day Cameron will take turkey hunting serious <laughs> enough to where he actually shows up because all the serious turkey hunters are there. And if, and if you're not there, you're just not serious about it. That's all I can say, I think. Oh, me. One day I'll take it serious. You're always pretty convincing with all these calls and stuff, but I appreciate you getting out there, testing out the calls for us and taking the time to get in the woods and test them, you know, where we get decent audio quality of them to do these call makers justice and hopefully help our faithful listeners find maybe their next turkey call to go in their vest. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the old story of Brer Rabbit, please don't throw me in the briar patch. Please don't make me go back to Unicorn <laughs> next year. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So that's just a, it's a heck of a good time. And, you know, I, I enjoy this recap episode because it's fun for me to be able to take these calls out into the woods and play them where we can get some real audio out of it. And, you know, to do yeah. these, these call makers justice because they do such a good job with making these calls, you know, that it's a disservice to them to play them inside number one, but number two, this close to a microphone is just not good audio. So yeah. anyway, Thank you guys. I, I appreciate y'all listening in. Let me mumble and ramble so much and listening to this episode and put it on the calendar for next year. The dates are already out. I can't remember what they are off the top of my head, but let me pull a calendar up here and I can probably get pretty darn close to what those dates are. So I'm going to go out and say it's going to be January 9th and 10th next year. 2025 that sounds about right yeah oh i'm sorry no 10th and 11th there you go january 10th and 11th that's a friday and saturday so the second friday and second saturday of the year and you guys will not be disappointed so awesome well do you have a favor of the week this week well this week if you are someone who heard calls on here and i know some of y'all are going to end up buying calls from these call makers we'd appreciate if you'd let them know where you heard about it it's just a good thing when people know that our show is helping them with selling their calls and, and, you know, we like to let folks know where they heard about it. I know I've sent a lot of people to Roger Parks to get that gobbler slate call. And it was really pretty easy to get him to come back on our show for a podcast because he knew he was, you know, having some success by joining us. So we'd sure appreciate it if you're going to reach out to any of these guys and buy a call, which you probably should let them know where you heard about it. And tell your friends. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Awesome. Wrap it on up. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.